everyone and welcome to episode 30, the big 3-0 of Total Football Debate. Considering it is the big 3-0, you'd think we'd have a massive party, but everyone's gone and fucked off. So it's just, I, I think they do it on purpose, Cotty, to be honest, because it's me and you again on our own cover in a double game week of all weeks. Uh, thankfully, they were kind to us. <laughs> they were kind to us a little bit this time because we had a few games cancelled. Um, maybe they cancelled it because they thought we couldn't surely fit it in another hour runtime. But uh, here we are on a double game week. Um, off the back of an absence last week as well from yourself. So how are you, mate? Yeah, all good. How's, how's things with you? All good, all good. As good as can be. Just twice that Jason and Cookie have uh, deserted me, so... Yeah, they've had enough. Too much Norwich talk, I think. They're like, I don't want to hear this guy. Um, and and realism but... when it comes to Arsenal. <laughs> That's correct. That is correct. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's me and you again covering this week on the big brio. Uh, and then, hopefully, hopefully, we will have a full house once more next week. But I haven't got my fingers crossed because God knows what might happen over the next week with Christmas and everything. We and not. Might be, we and might. I'm, and I might be stuck in Cyprus. Correct, so. yes, and Jason <laughs> might still be in Portugal even though he doesn't want to be. And uh, yeah, yeah, that, that that might be it. It might even be just me and Cookie. Um, but then again, I might not be fit and well to host a show <laughs> because I might be hanging. Um, so, as I said, we've got a double game week uh, or a partial double game week, I guess we could call it. Some teams played twice. Thankfully, I believe, for the first time in a while, every team's played once. Because finally, I got to watch Spurs play after three postponed games. Um, I wasn't looking forward to it, admittedly, but I'm actually quite happy to be here, surprisingly. So we will certainly come to that at some point. Um, so, Cossie, it's quite good it is me and you, because what we'll do is the teams that play twice, we will cover them as a team across both games. And then that will be in the first segment. And then in the second segment, we'll obviously cover the teams that played once from their perspective. Um, lo and behold, there might be a match which actually both teams played once and we can talk about them both. Um, so we'll try and work on it as we go. But I believe we have seven teams that played twice. Uh, we're not going to do a Will of Wonder in the middle this week. We'll do our predictions recap and stuff like that um, but we'll save ourselves a bit of time on the Willow Wonder by just covering the double teams and giving them a bit more bit more time um, and hopefully we won't overrun so where do we start I guess I didn't intentionally do this but I have put a team at the top and it is a big talking point because for the first time in history it looks like a certain manager is finally getting some criticism Lo so behold. lo and behold, I, Jesus, I... Jesus is, <laughs> <laughs> is being targeted. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Leeds. Two games. I thought they had they had exemption lanyards, mate. Honestly, Bielsa, no, no, not exempt, at all. exempt from um, criticism, exempt. Never, never. Finally, um, it's quite it's quite reassuring. It's, it's seeing, right. You know, other media outlets actually talking about Bielsa, thinking should this guy be questioned now? However, I still have read and seen video clips of people talking about Bielsa. Just, oh, he'll turn it around. It's, it's, it's Bielsa. He's, he's magic. He's a king, you know. And it's just like, well, is he? You know, where? where? But 
come on, not many teams can be battered 7-0 and still pundits are talking, this is Bielsa, he'll turn that around, he's, he's, a, he's a magic, he's a magician. What the hell is that all about? So, obviously, Leeds only got one goal between the two fixtures. Would you agree? Would you say the Arsenal result was worse than the Man City one? Or would you actually say, no, you can't lose 7-0 and it not be the worst result? I mean, the fact we're even debating which one's the worst result shows how bad of a double game week Leeds have had. Well, so which one in your mind is worse? The thing is, sometimes you can't necessarily excuse or forgive a 7-0, but it's sometimes expected against a team like Man City, isn't it? So you can possibly argue that though it is a shocking result and an embarrassing one at the same time, it's against Man City. But you can also flip that on this, on, on this, on this head and say, well, the Leeds-Arsenal game, it was at home in front of their own crowd. Um, a big pick-me-up after the 7-0 loss. You'd have thought Arsenal are beatable. We've seen that at the start of the season. I know they're hitting form. In front of your own crowd, you'd have thought, Do you know what, we need to pick our bollocks up. We've just lost 7-0, for goodness sake. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, not even Wickham conceded seven goals against Man City <laughs> in the EFL Cup. They even Levels. scored against Levels. Man City, 6-1. Um, look, Leeds has got... Look, let's, there's one thing with Leeds at this moment in time. Um, even the goal against Man City was a penalty. It's, it's, it is, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's getting quite quite close for Leeds now. Burnley have three games in hand over Leeds. Watford have two games in hand. They usually say that they'd rather have points on the board rather than games in hand. But in this case, Leeds... They don't, even, they don't even have points on the board. They, they That's the problem. Have, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a shot in the foot and a couple of results for Burnley or Watford. They, they're right in it. And I, I genuinely think they should be up there with the favourites to go down, along with Norwich and Newcastle, to be honest. Leeds have got one point in December so far, and they've still got Liverpool and Villa to play. Villa in a huge upturn of form. Liverpool smashing most teams, but obviously we'll get onto the uh, the Tottenham game on Sunday. Mm. I mean, Leeds in New Year, their first game's Burnley. I mean, that, uh, if it's not a six-pointer, it's a nine-pointer, isn't it? Um, it's, it's at, at home. home. It's at, it's at home. See, that's, that's a must-win. If, if that's not already a must-win before the next two fixtures, like you mentioned, they, they have to win that. Or else yeah, they Biel- do. Ooh, could Bielsa be sacked? Never. <laughs> Never. Statue no, outside Not allowed. Not allowed to be sacked. Um, it is bad. It is really bad for Leeds at this moment in time. And finally, as we say, the media have clocked on. I don't know how it's taken them so long, but there, there has to come a time um, that you know the, the sword has to come out. Because as we said, there were there were managers that were being talked about in trouble that were way ahead of Leeds. So, and they Watford. were the only one. Watford. Watford sacked their manager. Obviously, yes, Dyson's had a bit of grief. Um, Newcastle sacked theirs. Uh, Norwich, obviously, sacked theirs. Southampton are another one. They could be teetering on that. You could start to say, should he be up for discussion as to whether he should be at with risk? With, the problem with Southampton is... 
they'll look terrible and all of a sudden they'll, they'll lose, they'll lose, they'll lose, they'll get a draw when they should have won. Then all of a sudden they'll get a result out of nowhere that you think, oh, that, that's, that's, that, that's, um, that's, that's his job sorted again, you know. Yep. And you can sort of see what they're doing. You think, well, that was actually, they played really good football in that game. They've got good players and all of a sudden next week they're shit again. And it's just like, well, they lack consistency, but they're consistent enough to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, and they do it week in, week out. So everyone's just assuming they're going to, well, season in, season out, they're going to just do it again. So, yeah, just thought I'd get them out of the way first. Probably don't have to talk too much because in any other circumstance, I'd have probably said, to be fair, I expect Leeds to lose, but in, it's the manner in which they've lost. Um, and what a weird time to finally criticise Bielsa. <laughs> they started criticising Bielsa after losing two games that, let's be fair, he should have lost. Um, why didn't they start criticising him earlier in the season when the results weren't going their way? Um, Again, it's the exemption lanyards, mate. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. Um, 36 goals conceded leads. And when I say that is worse than Norwich, Cossie, the only <laughs> team it's not beaten is Newcastle. That um, is terrible, isn't it? So, yeah, that is, that is, that is an idea as to how bad things have got. And only 18 goals scored, um, which for Leeds, bearing in mind, you know, usually there's a lot of goals. There's only a lot of goals hitting their net this season. It looks like double the amount conceded. Um, let's talk about an, a game or a team that, well, I certainly didn't enjoy watching this weekend. Um, it makes sense I talk about them now because we just spoke about one of the teams they did beat. Um, Arsenal had a very good double game week. They did. And it's rather frustrating at the same time, isn't it? Mm. Beating West Ham with a clean That's sheet, it. which I huge never result. saw, never that saw coming at all. Martinelli is looking absolutely fantastic as well. But isn't it yep. depressing? You, you, if, if, you're, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're watching the game, you hear all this crap about Aubameyang taking the piss out of the team, like, you know, taking the piss out of the club, earning 350 grand a week. And then Martinelli comes on and he's absolutely bossing it. He looks... He looks superb. He looks so, so good. He does. But the thing is, the thing that's interesting is Martinelli looked good before. It was just odd that he, I know he had an injury and it was, you know, let's be fair. Everything positive about Arsenal is their kids. Yeah. Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli. That's the type of players you want in the side. Um, but they, they so, tried you know, to go down the route of spending a lot, a lot of money putting these players on big, big contracts. Whereas they should have kind of gone back to what they were known for back in the day of bringing through youth un unknowns and thinking, you know what, we'll give these kids a chance. And then you see, you know, you, you see Saka, 77 million, not Saka, you'll see Pepe, sorry, 77 million pound on the bench. Nowhere near as good as the, the names you just mentioned. Nowhere near. Yeah. yeah. The only one that has given himself a bit of shining light um, and led by example, I'd say, was Lacazette. He had a, considering he didn't score, you know, he's a striker, didn't score. He was very influential in the game against West Ham. Um, missed a penalty Agreed. as well, bear in mind. Yeah. Um, but he was very good, very, very good. Um, so maybe he's the guy that sits there and lets all the players around him, to, you know, and maybe Aubameyang, that's it. I mean... You would imagine it is after being left out of Leeds and West Ham. Um, I would I would imagine that's game over for him. 
Um, it's the most obvious Barcelona link you'll ever see, especially now Aguero's had to retire. Or Newcastle. Or Newcastle as well, yeah. <laughs> Paying 450 grand, 500 grand a week to, to do nothing there, yeah? Seen as, seen as everyone's like, Martial, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nat, Nat Phillips is, is seeking a, a move away from Liverpool. Up Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah, correct. 80 grand a week, 95 grand a week. Give, give it to him. Pay, pay him whatever, whatever he wants. Sitting in fourth now, Arsenal. Obviously, West Ham, all the teams below Arsenal, West Ham have one game in hand. Man United have two. Tottenham have three. Add to that as well. They might as well give fourth space, fourth spot to any of the teams you've just mentioned because they'll probably do more <laughs> and compete more in the competition Champions than Arsenal League. ever would, you know. <laughs> As, as history proves. <laughs> Why waste a spot when everyone else, <laughs> everyone else might, might take more advantage of it? Um, but yeah, fair play to them. They're sitting in fourth, looking very good at this moment in time. They're good um, to watch at the minute, to be honest. And like I've always said, yeah. Arteta wanted this football to be played at Arsenal, he had a direction. I know he did cock up for a little while and I think he received some very harsh criticism. Things are starting to fall into place. Next game for Arsenal, though? Go on. Would be you boys at Carrow oh, Road. Boxing oh, Day. Of course it is. Mate, like, yeah, yep. that's, that's, the thing is, I, I sort of put Norwich in the back of my mind most of the time now. <laughs> but... But so yeah. Arsenal have got a pretty um, pretty decent end to the year. They've got Norwich and Wolves. Um, we can already bet on Arsenal Wolves being nil nil. Their their welcome yeah. into New Year, however, is horrendous. They've got Man City and then Spurs away. So that is a interesting one. But yeah, Arsenal going strong. But off the back of that loss to Everton and, and Man United, I would say that's been forgotten now. Yeah, Arsenal haven't drawn the, a game. Everton game. The Everton game especially. Oh, remember because, that because, when because we, were... we were we were ready to absolutely slate them, and then it was hilarious watching the Everton fans all of a sudden backtrack from their criticism to Benitez, and all of a sudden Arsenal have won two in a row, and it's just oh, for fuck's sake, do we have to? <laughs> Can you believe Arsenal? Um, one thing that you know, there's a lot of draw specialists out there. Arsenal haven't drawn a game since October. They draw drew two in a row in October to Brighton and Palace, but they were the only two games they've drawn all season. So they are getting a lot of wins under their belt. That's the difference. Whereas the if they'd have drawn a few and lost them, yeah, and they would the have start, probably been at the start of the season. You would have put you, you'd have put your house on them losing the the games they've recently come out and won and won convincingly as well. So that's West Ham won definitely, yeah, 100%, definitely, hundred percent. So yeah, fair play to Arsenal. You know, as much as I would love to see them dead and buried. Um, with my oh, neutral God, hat on, you can't help but applaud them. It's nice to see the kids for Arsenal doing it. So if I'm going to give them a bit of a breathing space, it's good to see that they're promoting from within. Um, big fan of Smith Rowe as well. Mm, big, yeah. Top quality player. Um, I've had to give my ticket up on the 26th as well, Boxing Day for Arsenal. So it's one of those things that, in a way, it might be a good thing with Cookie giving me shit or... It could be the most satisfying thing if we somehow get a result against them. So, time will tell. There might not be any fans there. Time will God knows, tell. God knows what's happening next week. <laughs> true, true. Although they did announce today that football's to carry on. So, mm. as long as Hopefully they've got 13 not. players, yeah. apparently, you Hopefully have to play. Hopefully not behind closed doors. Hopefully not behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. It's either over or it's played in front of fans. End of. Please. Um, let's 
let's get another team out of the way because there's not a lot to say about their two games. Um, there's a lot to say about their league position, but then again, that's not really changed for a while. Now, let's get Newcastle out of the way, obviously with a, a loss against Liverpool and then a spanking against Man City. Um, that is now... 11 goals conceded in three games, 4-0 Leicester, 3-1 Liverpool. You said about Eddie Howe and defending. Do you know Newcastle, bearing in mind they lost and drew a lot of games, they only lost by one goal in, other than in the game against Chelsea and Man United, they lost by pretty much one goal every time. Now, they have been spanked. <laughs> By a minimum, nearly two or more goals and two games, four goals. So, yeah, problem. Bruce 41 Ball, goals conceded. That's poor. 41. So, yeah, I mean, they're sitting 19th, 18 games played, surrounded by, well, below two teams that have played 16 max. That's very true. Yeah, Burnley, three games over them. And Watford. Got, yeah, we've got one game over them. Watford, two games Watford over them. Watford have got them. two. It's, um, it's looking rather bleak, isn't it? Even Brentford. Bearing in mind, yeah. you've, you've, you have them down as a, a possible. They're two games in hand. So, yeah, it's looking very, very glum. And the thing, the thing is, with, with the game against Liverpool, they went 1-0 up as well. And they would not be expecting that whatsoever. But as you say, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe just doesn't know how to set up his team to, to, to defend. It's worse than Norwich. Mm. At least mm. there's a little bit of optimism with me because we've got a new manager who sort of has, has got a proven history of, sort of playing good football and keeping a solid team. Don't get me wrong, I've, I've, got a lot to, a lot, I've got a lot of criticism to say about our game this week. But Eddie Howe was on a ship that was sinking for so, so, so long. And as soon as he did sink... Do you really think that any Newcastle fan would look at Eddie Howe thinking he's going to be the person to keep us up because he hasn't got a track record of it? Yeah, it's 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 worrying. I've got to be honest. I mean, I don't really know what to what to think now because I mean, we it was easy to see this was coming because Jason called it from a mile off that these run of fixtures now were going to be horrendous for Newcastle. Uh, and look, we're not sitting here thinking they should have got anything from you know, Man City or Liverpool, because not many teams do, to be fair. Exactly. Um, but, but there have been teams down there that have lost respectfully. <laughs> um, that's the difference, I think, you know, at least it's always positive put up to a take. bit of fight. And Yeah, the only positive they could take was that John Joe Shelby goal against Liverpool. And then the inevitable happened and Liverpool battered him for the rest, for, you know, for the... 83 minutes after their goal, after Newcastle's goal. The only thing that you could turn around and say about the game against um, against Man City was they should have had a penalty. But again, we'll get onto VAR in a bit, I'm, I'm guessing, because again, that's an absolute joke of a decision, uh, along with about 10 decisions this weekend and the last week. Well, it doesn't get any easier. It's Man United on the 27th. That's going to be a good one. And then they've got two mass... Well, you could say, actually, after that, they've got four huge games. They've got Everton away, Southampton away, Watford at home, Leeds away. How many points are you going to give them in those games? What, out of including Man United's one? or Yeah. Up to Leeds, yeah? 
Yeah. This is the current run of games that until it hits to a point where I'm like, no, don't include that. They've got Man United, Everton, Southampton, Watford, Leeds, and then apparently they've got Everton again in a short okay. space of time. So I'd say in those six games, I give them I'll give them three points, but that's three draws. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking maybe two points and two draws. So yeah. That's maybe that's a draw enough. against Leeds, a draw against Watford, and maybe one draw against Everton out of the two. Yeah, it's difficult to, uh, That's difficult it. to argue that, but you were kinder than I was anyway. Yeah, I thought I'd give them one extra. Still not enough to keep them up, though. That's the problem. No chance. Not um, uh, yeah, I, there's not a lot to say. We'll move on from Newcastle, but I just thought I'd get them out of the way. Uh, on the flip side, I guess we could say there's not a lot to say for Man City in a weird way as well. Look, we've covered Leeds, we've covered Newcastle, we might as well cover Man City, who played them both. Um, yeah. Just from a league leader's perspective, I guess, I'm bringing this one up. Um, how do you feel about Man City at this moment in time? They are, to me, starting to click into gear. Where's their weakness? They haven't got a striker and they're smashing teams, for goodness sake. Um, yeah. Gabriel Jesus has come out of he's has come out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's looking like an absolute world beater. Um, the thing is, it says a lot when they've signed a hundred million pound player, and if anything, he's the weak link in their team. I and tell you what, scoring. he and has lost scoring. value already, I think. Massively. But they can afford it, and they're top of the league and they're smashing teams. And I'm a big fan of Grealish. And he, he scored against Leeds, which I think I could probably score against Leeds at the minute. So it's not exactly a huge huge um, goal but you know Nathan Ake scored against Leeds as well in the same in the same breath so at the end of the day it's like oh, okay, we'll ignore that Jack Grealish goal but it says a lot when a hundred million pound player is not looking anywhere near as the, the Aston Villa player that they signed yet they, they, they could just stick him on the bench and I don't know Kevin De Bruyne comes back from an injury Riyad Mahrez who's the most underrated player that you could ever talk about John Stones even scored against Leeds yeah so um yeah. where do you where do you start if they, if they had a striker they'd have probably won the league by now but what can you no say No goals conceded either Man City they are I mean there well, are nine yeah. goals conceded all season Yeah that's another big thing So they are on Fine form. They, I mean, just to give you an idea, since their loss to Palace in October, uh, the only game they've lost in all competitions is against Leipzig in that group game that didn't matter. And they've actually not drawn any other game. They've won. I mean, just to show, obviously for listeners at home, just to give, uh, add context, but just to show, see how many greens... <laughs> they have won so many games they are currently as it stands on an eight game winning streak and have Leicester Brentford and Arsenal next Leicester and Brentford being the only two games they've got left in the Premier League this year that's 11 wins but on the what about um, what do you reckon about um, currently slated for the 15th of January Man City Chelsea Oh, the thing is, who was it who said recently on um, one of our podcasts that they could see Chelsea breaking away 
against with Liverpool like and Man City going like you know a, a sort of like a breakaway first and second Liverpool Man City whichever way whichever way around you, you want to say however Chelsea someone said that they're going to be the one that falls away from the Liverpool and the Man City I can't remember but I feel, I feel like I feel like Cookie might have been the one that said I might be wrong um, but I feel like Cookie Who said it was, he was felt, spot on. I mean I said last week could this be a a repeat of that season where Liverpool wouldn't stop winning, but Man City couldn't stop winning. So mm. Liverpool never caught them. And also, you remember with, it went yeah. on and on uh, and on, didn't it? It just didn't I, stop. I still have that Vincent Company goal, living rent free in my head against Leicester. It was if fake. it wasn't for that, that was if fake. it wasn't for that, that would have been Liverpool's title. I think it was a okay. when it when it, everyone was saying it was the best second place league title win ever <laughs> because it was enough to win the league in all the other seasons I think yeah. if I remember Something rightly like that. Yeah. yeah I think you're spot on which is insane so, but even even like you know following Liverpool you could look at that and think do you know what you've got to just take your hat off to that and think that was an epic season in the Premier League for a neutral for even Man City and Liverpool fans regardless and I think there should be a mutual respect thinking, do you know what that was epic at this moment, I don't think I could argue for there being a better team than Man City to win this league at this moment in time. I don't. I just. I. It took a while. Liverpool's games have certainly been more entertaining. Wouldn't say that was all partly down to Liverpool. Um, whereas Man City, the goals they're scoring, the amount of players they've got scoring goals, Looks so everyone easy. is contributing. Sterling's scoring, he's not even starting every game. You've got Foden, you've got Grealish, you've got De Bruyne who's injured and comes back in and scores. Um, Jesus, I mean, the Bernardo Silva got Rod Cancelo's having the best season for a fullback. Um, and you would have thought that would have been difficult to turn away Reese James and Trent. And yet Cancelo is smashing it. Um, so fair play to them. They are they and are looking worthy winners, but it's in, not over yet. Who the knows? Names you, the names you just mentioned as well didn't even include Riyad Mahrez that I mentioned as well, who's an absolute player. Or Rodri. Or <laughs> Rodri. And also, Kobe so hasn't really been mentioned. Kobe's not really been mentioned at Man City either. So if they can no, keep their... They've done very well. Yeah. And people were saying at the beginning of the season, oh, Ruben Diaz isn't the same player anymore in, in, at centre-back. You know, he's not as good as he was last season. You've got Laporte, um, who was injured. You know, John Stones has been injured all season. And they've done this without, really, the cemented back two. Um, so, fair play to them. They've done, they've done very, very well. Um, and, yeah, for me, worthy winners at this moment in time. But we are only halfway through. We've got a long way to go. Um, so, yeah, thought I'd get them out of the way now. Before we come to the two teams who have had a bit of a, well, one definitely has had a bit of an off two games. The other, obviously, is off the back of that Sunday game, which we'll talk about. And it will be very difficult to talk about that game from a, from not my perspective, because uh, we've got to talk about it from Liverpool's first. So let's get the other team out of the way. And the best, well... Outside of Man City, the best defensive team in the whole league because they just cannot seem to <laughs> score a goal or concede a goal. Wolves. Um, yeah. Beat Brighton 1-0, drew 0-0 to Chelsea. Yeah, the thing is, that's, that's two really good results for them. I know, as you say, they can't score, but they only needed the one against Brighton who have really dipped off form. 
Um, and like we say, when Mopay is not being a shit house, they don't score any goals. Um, and obviously the 0-0 draw against Chelsea was just quite, I think Chelsea, are the ones that come out a bit gutted about that, but they didn't really put much into that game to deserve the win. So again, probably a fair result. So since, since their loss to Palace, right, 2-0, which was on the 6th of November. So since the 6th of November, and I'll read out the teams as well as I go along. They beat West Ham 1-0. Drew 0-0 to Norwich, drew 0-0 to Burnley, lost 1-0 to Liverpool, lost 1-0 to Man City, beat Brighton 1-0 and drew 0-0 to Chelsea. So in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, they've conceded two goals in seven games and they've scored two goals in seven <laughs> games. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you think... And oh, Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City are in there. Do, do you think fair play because of the Chelsea, Man Cities and Liverpools? Or do you think... Well, I mean, they lost. At the end of the day, can you yeah, can still... you can you have a good loss no matter who you lose to? You lost to Man City. At least they didn't Newcastle it. That's all I'll say. Or, or um, leads it, where even yeah, Bielsa's is getting it. criticism. So at least um, they didn't get smashed 7-0, I suppose. I mean, it's a massive testament. When you think about it, Wolves... When you talk about Wolves, I think all their attacking players. You know, there's a lot of players there. Raul Jimenez, Neto, Ruben Neves, Jao Moutinho, Adama Traore, as inconsistent as he is, but he's still a name. But the one thing that they are smashing it is the defence. So that manager, and he got rid of their goalkeeper, remind you, in the summer, sold him to Roma, Rui Patricio, brought in someone no one had really ever heard of, which and he's the most informed goalkeeper this season. But their backline is Solid. literally perf- performing miracles. People are saying Connor Cody's having the best season of his, of his career at the back. So he must be doing something because it's working. They just can't score goals. The, main, the names you just mentioned should be absolutely smashing it. But as a Norwich fan, being at Carrow Road the night we played Wolves, when Norwich were looking even worse, you know, we, we weren't really having any positives from any games. That Wolves game, I, I looked at us and think, I thought, do you know, we, could, we should win this because Wolves didn't offer anything in attack at all. However, then they go and obviously get a couple of results and, yeah, we're praising their defence. So what can you say? I mean, Wolves are on 18 games, which is what you're meant to be on at this point in the season. So all the teams below them are on 16 or 17. But even with those games in hand, this is a testament to Wolves. So if Leicester win both theirs, they can go above them. Villa could only by goal difference. Palace can't. Brentford could by a point. Brighton could by a point. Other than that, so the worst that Wolves could be is about 12th. Yeah, Brentford and uh, Brighton won't go above them with their games in hand. I'll tell you that for free. That's pretty solid. But there, you there's you can clearly see there's a gap ready to open now. Though I said I was pretty confident Wolves would do okay. Me and Jason thought the manager was good. They seemed to know that they wanted that manager because they could have employed anyone at that point moment in time. They were the first to pull the trigger, um, and clearly they had a vision because everything's worked. They just need to score goals. I mean, if they could score goals, they would be a real force. I think they could be a top um, sixteen. They could be a top easy, sixteen easily. Easy. Let's talk about out of the two then. We've got two more teams. We've got through this quite quickly, to be fair. Um, 
I guess we need to give ourselves half hour for a particular game this weekend, maybe. <laughs> that might be why we're doing it. Chelsea, where are we at with Chelsea? Because, I mean, if you look at since what? Since they lost to West Ham, they've not really steadied themselves. Even the Leeds game was a 3-2 win. That was very shaky as well, that game, by the way. That was a great game for a neutral, but it was very shaky. Um, they've been teetering for a while. Even when they beat Watford before losing to West Ham, it was only 2-1. And, that and then, Watford, Watford were unlucky that game. Big time. Very unlucky. Watford played very well. Um, and then, let's be honest, Chelsea have gone and drawn to an Everton side who... Well, even their, their own maybe fans... hit the ground running and then they got... Banked by Palace, and then they've gone and drawn to Wolves. So, I mean, the Wolves game—it makes sense. Best defense in the league against a team that strikers can't score for. But the Everton one at home, as well, that will be the one I think that will—no pun intended—leave them in a bit of a sticky mess against the Toffees. <laughs> Love <laughs> it. that one out of my ass. Love it. Um, still no striker scoring, no cost. Yeah, well, the thing is that they've got they've got Werner, who obviously I know Cookie uh, is very critical of. Um, they've got Lukaku, who has been injured. However, he's come back and had the odd game where he's just looked like a bit of a, a donkey. The Lukaku of old that we uh, we used to obviously slate and criticise. But I, I saw a Chelsea fan saying that Tuchel's just seemed to lost like to lose his passion a little bit for them. And obviously, I just can't I can't speak because I'm not a Chelsea fan. However, what do you think? Do you, do you think that he is the man to, like, you know, he came in, hit the ground running, won the Champions League, like, had all these players that are really, like, didn't, weren't performing under Lampard, and all of a sudden, Tuchel got a real good tune out of them, and they looked solid again. But but now I see Chelsea Jason, fans. You'll probably hear it in the new episode that went out today. Jason highlighted a very good point about Tuchel. And I wasn't familiar with it myself, but it'd be interesting to go back and look. And maybe this is something for the stat man if we've got one. Apparently, this happened with PSG. Apparently. Apparently, things started to get a bit off track. The team started to fall apart a little bit. Goals would go in left, right and centre. Um, I did wonder this because when it, come, when it came to him, he sort of seemed to be available really easily. No one ever really wanted him. He came to Chelsea and obviously absolutely smashed it. So they think, hang on a minute, why did he leave his previous post? Was it just like gung-ho owners thinking, oh, you know what, he's had a lot of money to spend. But he just seemed to do so well at Chelsea. You think, well, this is, this is, he should have like the next three or four years there at least. But all of a sudden you think, are the wheels coming off? You know, the way, the way that Everton uh, talk about their own team and they ended up drawing 1-1 against Everton, maybe that could be the start of the end, really. Yeah, maybe it's something we'll need to look into a bit more and, and get, get a bit more context because there's definitely something to be asked of there because something's not right. Um, you know, we raised the point that you've got to remember with Chelsea, they'd obviously lost to West Ham, didn't they? I think in the last episode, we mentioned one of the previous episodes, Chelsea were somewhere along the lines, only on something like six seven goals conceded and then they conceded five in two games and that was obviously yeah. the Leeds and the West Ham one and then that and they were sitting comfortably at top as well and now Easy. they're what 
one, two, three, six points off. Well, Lukaku hasn't scored since September, just to answer that one, in the Premier League. £100 million striker. 11th of September, that was, um, I think it was against Villa. He got two. Um, that's a long time. Since October in the league, he's not played 200 minutes of football. Value for money. It's a big problem. It is a very big problem. Um, so that is something to be concerned by. Uh, and obviously then you've got Werner as well, who, you know, he, he can't do much either. I mean, he scored a few in the Champions League, but yeah, in the league, we know the story of that. So they he'll have never got be a few, a few issues. So yeah. he'll, he'll never hit the, hit the form that he hit in the Bundesliga. I don't think Not he will, but he is someone that I can see them letting go and then he smashed. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely smashed in it. Yeah, you can't disagree with that. Come on then. Final team that played two games, Liverpool. Let's get the Newcastle one out of the way. And then obviously you can talk to me from a Liverpool perspective yeah. about the Tottenham game. Um, of course. So Liverpool-Newcastle went pretty much as planned. Yeah, other than the goal that the, that Newcastle went one up in, what, the seventh minute, was it? Oh, yeah, I guess that wasn't um, part of the plan. Yeah, that wasn't part of the plan. But after that, again, men versus boys, like we've said quite a lot of the time, um, when any team are playing Liverpool, um, what can you say? It was, it was the Jota, Salah, and obviously the man Trent. He's he's well, he's a ridiculous player. If anything, he's looking he's he's looking just as sharp as the strikers at the minute, and he's a bloody <laughs> right back for goodness' sake. But yeah, he deserved his goal, deserved the three like three one win. Um, might have been a bit touch and go going into the 80th minute. And it's still only being 2-1 Newcastle after their early goal would have possibly thought that they could get something from it. But again, that could have been dead and buried by, by the 50th, 60th minute. But what, what can you say other than other than it's, it's an expected result? And yeah, the icing on the cake was Trent getting his third goal, the Liverpool's third goal in the 87th minute. So Yeah, so everything's rosy. And then something completely off script happens. Um Spurs stopped Liverpool's league run uh, yeah. since the end of November, since they lost to West Ham the last last time on the 7th of November. They've yeah, won saw, every game. And then... I saw the start at 11 for Liverpool and I thought, like, I've got, um, I've got some other Spurs fans, or I've got some Spurs family. And I, I said to them, I said, that this could be your game. Because when you see Tyler Morton... James yep. Milner, Naby Keita. Keita playing the three centre mids. You think, do you know what? This could be in front of obviously the Tottenham Hotspur at the top, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is absolutely rocking, an incredible place to play football. Deli Ali coming back and thinking, do you know what? I'm going to pick my bollocks up and, and, and play a good game for, for a change. You know, he's got a lot to prove. And with that midfield, that should have been, and the thing is, he had a good game, don't get me wrong, but that was, that was there for Spurs. That, that game should have been a Spurs win, really. You had the chances, but if, if, if it wasn't, if, if Trent would have scored, no, was it Andy Robinson? If he would have scored in the first 60 seconds, which he had an absolute golden chance to, to be, to like to, to score, that could have easily been an absolute walkover from there for Liverpool, but it wasn't to be. And if anything, Spurs had the best, best chances in that game. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm, I'm not going to say too much because I'll say it when we come to the Spurs, the, the game itself, um, and I'll, I'll talk about, from our point of view, from a Liverpool point of view, then what did you think of all the controversy across 
the the red card, the goal. Um, Absolute you know, madness. The, the penalty decision for Jota, I have no idea how that wasn't given as a penalty personally. No, I've got to be and, honest. I, I, I think don't it's one of those things. You are, you are quite honest as a Spurs fan. You think, you know, we've got away with one there. And then obviously the Harry Kane one. You think, well, to me, that's an in-between. It, it is an in-between, but you can argue that the studs are up. It's out of control. It's reckless. And if, if Robertson's foot was in the ground there, that would have gone straight through his ankle. And that wasn't even slightly looked at as well. And I think Robertson's was ascending off. Don't get me wrong. It was stupid. He's, he's even come out and said, do you know what? What the hell was I doing, basically? And even Klopp came out. And I know he's been up for a bit of criticism from other uh, fans saying, like, you know, you can't get everything your own way, mate. But that went to VAR straight away. And it was a red card. It's just like, well, hang on a minute. What about Harry Kane's in the first half? I, I, just, I just don't understand it. What did you make on the um, Liverpool second goal? With the whole Salah controlling it with his hand, yeah. Bearing in mind, yeah. if he if he hadn't controlled it with his hand, whether he would yeah. have even been able to to bring it under under Again. feet. And I know last season that would have been cancelled. Yeah, I, but... I remember. I tell you, I, re- I remember when it was against Sheffield United and it was Spurs actually. And was it Son that no? Was it, it was Harry Kane or Son who was who was obviously up and hit his... but, you know, the thing is one of the one of the Sheffield United players smacked it against his hand from like about three inches away, and he was literally it's either that or get you know, kicked in the face basically. But it was a foul to Spurs. Spurs went to, went on to go to score, but it was ruled out because of a stupid handball because of a stupid rule. And obviously, even as a neutral, I was watching that thinking Spurs have been absolutely robbed here. And then watching the Salah one last season, that would have been ruled out without even a moment's hesitation because it hit his arm. But again, it's one of those it's one of those decisions that if you're the recipient of it, you're thinking, but it's hit his hand and that's the only reason why he scored. But if you if it went for you, you'd think, well, he didn't mean it. Mm. It's, it's, it's one of those ones you can never understand it from a different fan's perspective until the exact same thing happens to you and then you'll argue it to death. And then again, because it's from Liverpool perspective, Alisson. Oh, that is... The thing is, how can a player look so, so damn good and save Liverpool so many times? Like, the, the ball across from Deli Ali should have been better for, for Kane to obviously, you know, and then Deli Ali should have scored in the first half with, the, with that fingertip yeah. save. But you can obviously praise a goalkeeper when he makes such an amazing save, but it's the difference between a goalkeeper making a mistake and, I don't know, a striker or a midfielder making a mistake. That one mistake was costly. And those spurs should have been ahead rather than that being the equaliser, Son's goal. What the hell is he doing? What the hell is he doing? Yeah, it's a shame. Um, well, it's not, but it is at the <laughs> same time because yeah. obviously it, you just got the goal um, and then for that to happen five minutes later, it was just like, oh, really? And then the red card. Um, That's the difference between winning the league and not winning the league. There's little decisions that... Well, you know, Alisson that, is a game winner. He is a complete game winner, but he also... He's lost the game there. Yeah, exactly. to an extent. Um so from, from context then, the, the, from the point of view, you know, taking everything away from it, how big a result is this for Liverpool in terms of a negative result? Because obviously predictions last week, everyone, we was all having a laugh. Well, I wasn't. I was sitting there, you know, ready to log off. Um, but everyone was saying cricket score, cricket score. Yeah. Obviously, we'll talk from Spurs' point of view how big a result that is, because I do think that's a momentum shifter for Spurs to 
to to get something out of Liverpool because well the results don't lie Liverpool not many teams do it um but for Liverpool do you think that rocks them a little bit because I I don't think so because I think a lot of people will turn around and say well Van Dijk was out with Covid Henderson was out with Covid Fabinho was out with Covid you know there's there's a lot of that Liverpool have not got a big squad hence why Morton was playing in centre mid with James Milner and Naby Keita you know it's one of those things that at the end of the day I, you know you, you hate to use an excuse but if you look at Man City's squad they could literally lose five or six players five or six players will come in to replace them and look just as good whereas Liverpool haven't got that depth and that's the problem with their owners I, I've got a, I've got a fan like a Liverpool sporting fan friend who um, talked about the lack of investment with the squad constantly that you can't rely on the same players week in week out because you can't just have a core 11 and Liverpool have got a bigger squad than they've ever had and a more useful squad than they've ever had but they haven't got like for like replacements like the Man City have which again could be the difference between winning the league and not winning the league so I think I think it's easy to use injuries as an excuse I'll come on to Norwich in a bit but also you can't always play victim by saying we had so and so and so out we had so and so out but the players that they did miss were you know game winners like in Van Dijk and you know if you imagine imagine Henderson and Fabinho in that midfield that's solid that's absolutely solid Spurs would never have been able to play on the counter with those two in, in centre mid but from a Spurs perspective you could turn around and say well this is a huge result for us as well and the way that you played and the way that you conducted yourself the chances that you created you could have been that could have been that could have been six four quite easily to Spurs to be honest Great game. It was a great game. People are calling it game of the game of the year. One hundred percent for a neutral. Um, quite fitting that it ended to all. To be fair, yeah, at the end of the day, at least we can kind of all walk away as neutral fans, like you know Liverpool and Spurs fans, and go, "What a game! Fair play to you. You know, done." Uh, from Liverpool, then you got Leeds on Boxing Day, Leicester away, and then New Year. Obviously, we mentioned the Chelsea two games. Chelsea having Liverpool and then Man City. I mean. They are two games that will just shape the league going forward. But obviously, Liverpool away to Chelsea on New Year. So that's going to be a biggie. Um, Leeds and Leicester. Well, Leeds, cricket score could actually happen. Um, Leicester, depending on what Leicester you get. So um, you have got Leicester in the EFL Cup as well this week. Um, That could be an indication as to what to expect from the Premier League game. But... With Leicester, it's a flip of a coin, to be honest, because they could literally, they could come out and win 2-0 against Liverpool. You think, oh, they deserve that. They played bloody good football. Madison, Vardy, you know. Um, but they could also, Liverpool could turn up there and win 4-0 and you would not be surprised. No, no. Cool. OK, so they're, they're the teams that played two fixtures this week. Obviously, if you haven't heard us talk from about the other teams, um, that's because they only played one game and we'll talk about them in the second segment. This won't take very long, to be honest, the predictions from last week, because obviously we did them not knowing what was going to happen. Uh, and we did lose a few uh, to COVID. So game week 17, first of all, the first game that was predicted was yours, Cossie, which was Man City Leeds. Um, you would have been very surprised if one of us didn't get any points from this one. But we all got a point because obviously Man City won. We didn't say 7-0 but we all went down the route of saying they'd win by three or four, depending. Um, so we all move up by one point. So just to, to let you know where you are, so you're on 21 points after that one. Cookie's on 27, I'm on 32, Jason's on 33. 
Uh, we lost Burnley Watford to COVID. We lost Leicester Spurs to COVID. So what I'm going to do to make it very interesting is they are going to roll over. So I'm going to keep a note of these games that we've lost and save them for future weeks. So eventually at some point we will have double game weeks of our own. Um, so I'll get rid of them. The last game of game week 17 was Arsenal-West Ham and only one person got a point and no prizes for guessing who that might have been because Bucky obviously went with his heart and got a point by saying 2-0 Arsenal. Um, fair play, fair play. Yep, yep, that is fair play. Um, well, saying that, not a point. He would have got two, he would have got three, wouldn't he? So uh, he got the score spot on. So even more fair play. Um, that pushes him up massively, to be fair, because that now puts him on 30 points. So he's only two behind me now. A bit too close for comfort for my liking. Game week 18, uh, we didn't start very well because we lost another game. That was, uh, well, we lost two games. Everton Leicester, we lost. And Watford Palace, which would have been a good, good little game to see. Uh, but we lost that one as well, unfortunately. The only game of game week 18 that we got was Spurs Liverpool, and well, none of us got it right. <laughs> none of us said everyone went with the Liverpool win. I guess that was the script. Um, so yeah, no points there. So a bit of a slow game week, to be honest. Unfortunately, uh, we lost Southampton Brentford as well. So that one will have to roll over. So we've got a lot of rollovers to make a note of. God knows when all these games are going to be played. Jesus Christ. So, actually, that makes the middle segment quite quite short because no will of wonder, obviously, because we've got more to talk about. Um, so we'll, we'll save that. Uh, and, well, jump straight into the second segment then. Where do I start? I get Norwich out of the way? I tell you what, go on then. Um, you get Norwich out of the way. Go on, I'll, I'll go yeah. on mute and let you have a little uh, a little go. Go on. Yeah, of course. Um, it was gutting to go to that game, to be honest. Obviously, I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse all the time, but if you'd have told us that we were playing with Jacob Sorensen in centre mid and obviously Sam Byron coming back from injury, who's obviously made of glass, that would not be our core team whatsoever. We had another injury in Quebec who's just started to hit form, who had to come off at half time. Um, Billy Gilmore, it's, he's such a just a frustrating player to talk about because Chelsea fans absolutely praise everything that he does. We could have a half decent game and he could be the worst player on the pitch, yet Chelsea fans would watch that and think, oh, he's been the best player in the world. He's been absolutely superb this whole game. He's really not, if you're a Chelsea fan, looking at a young talent in the Chelsea squad to play for them in the future, you should be looking at Crystal Palace at the minute and watching Gallagher week in, week out. Billy Gilmore, someone tweeted the other day saying he is a £2 million signing to Nottingham Forest in two years' time. And that's exactly what will happen. When it comes to appreciation from the fans as well, He's the only player that I see go and take a corner where fans applaud him and, you know, like, you know, just just a little bit cheering on, completely ignores him. And you think, well, do you know what? You're meant to be an up and coming talent. However, you see 
glimpses ever so often, but the glimpses that you see from him against uh, for Scotland against Azerbaijan, that is his level. He is not very good. Simple as that. He is not very good. Todd Cantwell, what the hell's happened to him? I think he's concentrating on his Instagram humor career with the uh, with his best friend uh, in in Boo-hoo man. Boo-hoo yeah. man. What is the point, honestly? And he's someone that I've constantly praised, constantly backed up, constantly been excited for. As if we would have won this two 0 and it had been a comfortable win, I wouldn't have turned around and said about injuries. I wouldn't have turned around and said should this game have happened because of COVID. However, because we were on the a 2-0 loss at home again I could turn around and say well other teams had their games cancelled why didn't we however that is clutching at straws a little bit but Villa turned up we didn't we had one good chance which was Kenny McLean's chance I have no idea what the hell he was doing if that would have gone in that would have been 1-1 at the time and you'd have thought do you know what at home under the lights Carrow Road up against it but here we go roller sleeves up done but it, it really was a shambles Brendia got a warm reception and played reasonably well, but it's typical. <laughs> it's, it's, it's typical, <laughs> typical Carrero to give him a warm reception. How about you know a player that comes out and says, "I don't want to play for you anymore. I'm I'm too good for you, basically." And all of a sudden, Norwich fans are, you know, what there's there's a kid at the front of where I sat who had a big banner saying, uh, "Brendia, please come back home." It's just like, oh, grow up. Their parents need to have a word of them. Like, He's a kid. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but yeah, I could rant. I could rant about this for the next ten minutes, but it's just frustrating. After all the optimism we had from the Man United game, it was huge, huge. Like yeah, you know, I know we lost one nil. Pathetic dive from Ronaldo, and all of a sudden we play Villa, thinking, you know what? If we play like we did against Man United, if if we, we if we really go for it, we can we can turn Villa over. We turned up, and it was absolute bollocks, to be honest. And that's all I can say about it. That's all you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. Well, I mean, it didn't take long, did it? I mean, you, you, the optimism kind of just disappeared oh, a little bit. Um, I mean, what beat Brentford, beat Southampton, and since then, five games later, two points. So we got that one out of the way. I guess let's get the games we've briefly touched on out of the way from the other team's perspective. Actually, no, we won't. No, we won't. I, I take that back. We'll do one of the other games that we've not mentioned yet, and then we'll summarise the rest. Another big game towards the bottom, Palace-Southampton. Hmm. Well, they had, they had a good start, didn't they, Palace? Jason's Palace. Yeah. But, um, you know, Wilfred Zaha, two minutes in against Southampton. Palace are above Southampton. They could have put Southampton in the shit, really. But all of a sudden, James Ward-Prowse comes up with another belt or a free kick. He is such a good player. Insane. And then all of a sudden... But four minutes later, Southampton find themselves 2-1 up. And all of a sudden, it's just like, well, hang on a minute. Southampton are back, as we were talking about. They're either brilliant or they're terrible. And then uh, then Palace are on the back foot. But, um, but yeah, Jordan Ayew getting his first goal in 43 games. What were we saying a couple of weeks ago? And, yeah, it was, it was entertaining 2-2. But Palace have to look at themselves thinking, how have we lost that after scoring in the second minute against Southampton, man? I don't. I don't really know what to um, to make of Palace at the moment. Like I think they're doing all right, and then they go and lose a game which they shouldn't lose, and then they're back again, and then they go and lose again, and it's and now they've drawn against Southampton, which I've got to be honest. Although I'm not worried for them at all, because um, at the end of the day, seven teams can't go down. Um, 
any other time of the season and you would have said that is a game you could not be drawing. Very true. Especially at home. Away from home, Southampton might go, yeah, take that. But the home side could not draw that game. The thing is, put it this way, if, if Burnley win their two games and hand over Palace, they're only one point behind them. Well, I mean, we haven't really mentioned sorry, that, to be three, fair. Sorry, they're three points behind them. So if they play, play each other, then all of a sudden, you know, like we, we talk about Palace and like I, I was full of praise for them at the start of the season. And all of a sudden, as, you, as I say, that they, they could su- suddenly start to go down that table, but they, they, they'll be fine full stop because there's three teams far worse than them. But to results like that, you think, you know what, they could easily get pulled. Imagine if, as I say, if they played a team like Burnley and lose, and obviously Burnley have, have got a bit of a mountain to climb anyway, they could easily easily get drawn into that they shouldn't I think they should be fine I'm just trying to wind Jason up but still (laughs) it's a poor result I think it is a poor result it is and you know they lost to Man United they lost to Leeds they lost to Villa Uh, then they beat Everton they well they beat them quite convincingly but you do wonder how bad Everton were because Palace haven't won a game since Wolves um, you know, since that Everton, obviously before that Everton game, they, they won against Wolves 2-0 and they beat Man City. So they were the two games that we were like, uh-oh, they might be. But before that, remember, they only got four points in five games. Then now, since that win against Wolves, they got a draw, loss, 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 beat Everton and then they've drawn against Southampton. So draws, that is now eight draws this season for Palace. And they probably face Southampton. They, well, they played a Southampton side that probably have also, if I remember rightly, drawn about the same amount of games. Um, Should have seen that coming, really, so shouldn't we? Two wins for Burnley or Watford or something like that, and then does that pull them in? Also, like Southampton. I, th- I think they'll be fine because there's three teams worse than Palace. Um, Southampton, another, you know, <laughs> Southampton could be the worst team in the league. They can be up there with it wouldn't be surprised if they drew against a team like Man City with the way that Southampton are however like you say because of the games in hand because of the Covid situation they could get drawn in quite easily as well as Palace to be honest but Mm. it's difficult time will tell but it's one of those things that you you see the way Palace have been winning certain games you think oh these are looking absolutely superb and all of a sudden a a lucky lucky draw would you say against Southampton after they go 2-1 Two one down. Jordan IU first goal in forty three games. You think, well, who have they got to rely on? Really, they've got enough. They've got enough depth in the squad, but can they really rely on them? It's very close. I mean, look, what what are Palace aiming for here? Uh, forty points or thirty yeah, eight? They'll get that. They'll get that. So they've got to seventeen games and got twenty. So do that again, and they're safe. At the end of the day. So, and scored 24, conceded 24. But again, the thing is, going to like a Norwich fan's perspective, I was listening to you boys a few weeks ago when you were saying, oh, if Gallagher was available for for 40, 50 million, would Palace sign him? You're talking about a 40, 50 million pound individual to keep you, and your only goal is to keep you in the league. You think, well, um, hello, uh, hence why we're punching above our weight. You know, it's... um, they're talking about they're talking about signing a 40 50 million pound player as if that's cheaper the premier league or cheap full stop and if that's what it takes to keep you 
above and you know keep you in the Premier League every year, then no wonder that we're we're in the shit every single time we get promoted. Or if you want, if you're Norwich, just pick the right player to loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's spot on. But Chelsea fans will tell you. Chelsea fans will tell you Billy Gilmore is the best player in the world. So I thought we thought we were getting the, uh, the best player in the world. But yeah, you think yeah. you got him, and uh, they got they got him. Gallagher is looking so good still. He is looking very good. Um, right, so we got that one out of the way. Um, was a massive game to be fair. Palace Southampton, probably one of the biggest games of the week of the double game week because it meant so much and ended up meaning so little. Um, because if you think one of the teams had won, it would have really, it would have either brought Southampton right up with Palace at the top of the pack, or it would have dead and buried Southampton right in there. Um, but draw ended up being the way forward. Um, Leaves us with four games then, Costs, and we've briefly spoken about them already. Uh, just obviously got to approach it from the other side. Let's start with let's 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 get the three games out of the way and end like we did in the first segment. So back to Arsenal West Ham. So obviously we spoke about Arsenal West Ham from Arsenal's perspective. Uh, we now need to speak about it from West Ham's perspective. Can easily be done in, with one question. How how badly do you think that would have upset West Ham losing that game? I think they probably would have gone into that game thinking, do you know what? We we could we could do this. We've done it against Chelsea. We've done it against the big boys this season. Arsenal, they're not the best team out of the teams that they've beaten this season, West Ham. However, they got they got scored, but they can turn around and say, Well, we have a we had, we had a player sent off. Um we had to play with 10 men for, what, 23 minutes? Um, and Arsenal are on form, so they could probably even justify the loss, to be honest. They'd be disappointed, don't get me wrong, but with the form that Arsenal are in at the minute, West Ham could probably turn around and say, well, it's to be expected. They'll be gutted, but half to be expected, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think the Chelsea game might have given them false hope. Agreed. That might have been the issue. I think any other time. Um, but do you know what else I think would have annoyed them? It was literally 4th v 5th. And West Ham would have been looking for a sign that maybe they have eclipsed yeah. Arsenal. And they blew it. And well, they've blown it. And they can't even go ahead of them with a game in hand now. The other thing that will be seriously worrying West Ham uh, is the fact that, let's be fair, West Ham thought, yeah, we're above Arsenal, we're above Spurs, we're now the second biggest team in London, the way it's going. Spurs win their two game in hand, and all of a sudden, they'll be, what, four points clear at West Ham? So yeah. actually, it becomes same old story again. And I think yeah. that's going to upset them a bit when that sets in. Not saying it will. West Ham, you know, but then again, I've got to be honest, we, we praised them last week for West Ham to still be fifth, bearing in mind Antonio hasn't scored since nearly September, October, around that time. Yeah, he, he, needs um, to, he needs to turn his form around big time. West yeah, Ham rely on him. Dropped off. Jared Bowen's the only one, really, that's still maintaining his form. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, is, West Ham are sinking a little bit with goals. And with West Ham as well, say, for example, they start losing 2-3-4 on the bounce, you've seen how hostile it can get at the Olympic Stadium. And imagine the, imagine if that, there's a repeat of that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think it will, but... Yeah, it's it's when the table sorts itself out and everyone's on the same amount of games 
I bet, you know, West Ham will be sitting there going, fuck me, we're having a great season and we're still behind them. Both yeah. after being easily up there with the pack. Um, shoulda, woulda, coulda, really, isn't it? Really is, yeah, really is. And I think they'll be a bit annoyed that they haven't capitalised more on such a terrible start for Arsenal and Spurs. Yeah, 100%. So, we'll see. But otherwise, yeah, I think, I think you know, any other season they might have said, yeah, fair enough, we've lost. That's how it is. But I think this season they would have been hoping for a bit more. Um, but Arsenal are in a good vein of form at the moment. Um your favourites, Everton. Oh, it's just funny seeing their fanfare, isn't it? It like is. I mean, we've, obviously, we've obviously, without sort of touching on what we've already discussed with Everton and whatnot, I mean, you probably would say, actually, that's another good result uh, in, in hindsight for where they've been recently. Um, get a good result, have a terrible result. So to get a good result again, they're probably due a terrible result against Burnley on Boxing Day then. Did you see any of the game, Chelsea Everton? I saw I saw bits of it. I, I did see because obviously okay. um, Liverpool uh, Liverpool Newcastle uh, was the, was the main game that not that night. But it was hilarious seeing the the pre game tweets from Everton fans compared with the post game tweets. Slating Rafa, slating the selection, saying that they're they're throwing the young guns under the bus for this game, and then they come out with a insane result against Chelsea away from home. And all of a sudden, oh, we we love these. We we love that the kids got a chance. We we love what what's happened today. You think, well, what's that down to? A mixture of injuries and Benitez bringing the young guns in. So where's the praise? Where's the? But yeah, what can you say? You know, the funny thing is, though, I don't I don't know whether we've just caught the good end, different ends of Everton, Everton Twitter because I saw the opposite. I saw a lot of hate post game as well you know um, oh really I didn't, I didn't see because, the post game yeah a hell of a lot of post game anger about how they done have you seen the stats though no so, uh, <laughs> right, let's have a look go on there and go to Chelsea Everton and I don't think I've ever seen stats like it I've got to be honest 777 passes 194 for Everton Five clear-cut chances against one. The um, possession and goal attempts is the one. 80-20 and 23-5, 10-3 on target, off target. You talk about a smash and grab. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's sometimes what, what a case of, well, what do you do? You know, do you do you shut your pup and give them entertainment? I mean, what's entertaining football? Losing 5-0 but having a go? Not for yeah. me. Well, the kids came um, on and, they, and they, one of them scored to get a, a result away at, at Chelsea. So what are they complaining that? You're Everton, not, not a, you're not a big team. Well, we keep coming back to that, don't we, about the fact that what are they expecting, you know? Exactly. Um, Benitez so, spent £1.5 yeah. million pound in the summer. Yeah. So what does that tell you? And he's getting a, a bit of a tune out of them. Um to an extent, and he's without. He's been without a couple of players as well. I must say, he's um, been out with a star striker all season, pretty much. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. To be honest, um, I mean, it's when you look realistic. at, it on, well, at the end of the day, the only thing you can do is just look at it on paper. That's you can only look at it on paper and go, "That is a great result." With all things considered. 
injuries, the budget that he's had, the hostile atmosphere at Goodison yeah. Park, the slating, you know, death threats to the manager. You think, well, do you really think he really wants to be on the uh, subjected to that? And then all of a sudden, he's going to come out all, all guns blazing to try and win for you. It's get behind your team, get in your place, and appreciate what you've actually got rather than what you think you should have. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Brighton Wolves. So we're approaching it from Brighton's perspective here. You gave a little stat earlier, so I, I thought we'd park that until now. So tell us a bit about Brighton then at the moment, cost because you have highlighted something. Um, I currently have all their fixtures since the 27th of September on my screen, and there's not a single W anywhere. That's poor, isn't it? What a turnaround in form. Yeah, the thing is, um, obviously Graham Potter came out and was just like, well, know your place, Brighton fans, pretty much, didn't he? When, yes. Uh, when, obviously, we had that rant, but, um, so yeah, he, he, had a, he had a good point, but he's also got to start winning games, hasn't he? Getting, getting an equaliser in the 93rd, 94th, 95th minute, no matter how good it is, it feels like a win, but ultimately, it's still a draw, mate. Yeah, and then obviously losing at home to Wolves this game at week. Home, at home as well. That's that. That's you know. That's a that's a shot like yeah. That's a that's an own goal, isn't it? Yeah, really. I you mean, can't, you can't you can't slate your fans and then come out and lose one nil pathetically against Wolves on the back of uh, like winless in eleven games. How big is this Brighton Brentford game on Boxing Day? Huge, absolutely mm. massive. Because not if, in if, terms if, of. Not in terms of maybe, well, maybe for you could say it is for status, but in terms of two teams that really can't get back on straight and narrow, one of them could here, so it'll probably be a draw. Yeah, um, if, if Brighton win that, you could probably say that puts done. Brentford in a little bit of trouble, and you know, Brighton won't have a you know, they won't have a chance of going down if they if they if they win that. However, if they lose that, I could probably be putting my hands up and saying I was wrong about Brentford and uh, all of a sudden I, I, would a bit of and, I would go as far to say if one of those teams wins that I think that in in a mindset I reckon that saves them agreed which is crazy for Brighton because it wasn't that long ago we were like really could they get Europe like yeah. conference league and yeah. now they're like they have sunk so fast I mean, what they've they've had eight draws since the end of September. Christ Almighty! Um, so other, yeah, other it, people would say they're unbeaten in those eight games. <laughs> that's where the unbeaten nonsense is. As we said, you can go down Complete and be unbeaten crap. all season if you draw yeah. every game. Uh, Thirty-eight yeah. points sometimes won't be enough to keep you up. Um, so they need, yeah, they, they need a win. They need to win Boxing Day. If they lose Boxing Day, Jason will come on here and he'll absolutely have a field day. Oh, Jason, Jason can't wait. Um, I mean, you've got one other thing. You talk about more pay, you know, being a striker that steps up when he's needed, but he's not clinical. Brighton are the second team to Wolves. They've only scored 14 goals, which is one more than Wolves. But again, conceded 17, which is up there with the best. Um Insane. So two teams that really can't score but have great defences. Uh, it's just which one clicks first, the defence or, or the, the goals? Because exactly. if the defence falls apart, you are fucked. Yep. Um, 
completely agree. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I would say Brighton are leaning too heavily on Trossard this season. That's definitely yeah. one thing. Okay, so we'll see how the Brighton-Brentford game goes because that is definitely something that I think will, will get our attention. Right, okay, Tottenham-Liverpool. Um, yeah, you go for it. I'll go on. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, yeah, it is an odd one. I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot. I was dreading the fact that it came up in predictions last week so much so I said they'd lose Spurs. Um, especially, I think it kind of shows for Spurs how good a result that was coming off the back of three postponed games for COVID. We were kicked out of Europe today um, because we can't play the game. We're against one of the most informed teams in the league. We didn't know who was going to line up. We didn't line up with our strongest team. We don't know how ill these players were. So, you know, we had Kane and Son, but we don't know how badly affected Son was because he was one of the victims, but he looked okay. Fair play. Um, we are missing Romero, obviously due to injury. We had no Regulon, and he was. And this is a massive shout to Sessegnon against Salah in this game, because I could not believe Sessegnon contained him as well as he did. You know, bearing in mind Liverpool gave a great game, Spurs gave a great game. I was surprised at how quiet Salah was all game, um, and that's credit that, to Sess. Any team that stops Salah from scoring the way that he's on form at the minute. Fair play. And fair play to Sess as well, because he has it's the first real, you know, two games he's played now, Norwich and Liverpool. Uh, and that game, I think, will give him a world of good because I, I thought he would be on toast in that game and he, he handled it great. Midfield, I know you said they were strong, but I mean, you've got to bear in mind, I probably would have said one of them would have been lucky to start that game if we had Hoiberg and Skip fully fit. Um, but again, Ali did pull out probably one of the better games I've seen of him in the past year. Uh, Dombele did as well as Dombele does, I guess. Uh, he set up the goal, lovely pass. Winks had a great game, got man of the match for us. But his celebration, actually, he went down on his knees. He was looking up at the sky. It means so much to him, but he's just painfully average. He is very average. Uh, but he done the job and he played as, I mean, I wouldn't have taken him out of the team if I knew he was going to do that performance because he was great. Uh, the interesting thing is seeing players that, and it's annoying me actually, because I just want them gone. But see, again, I'm sitting there going, oh, for God's sake, we can't really let Winks go when he plays like that. And we can't let Dyer go when he plays like I'd, that. I'd take him over Dyer Billy was, Oh, probably, yeah, probably. 100%. I'd, I'd take 10 men over Billy Gilmore, probably. Um, <laughs> Sanchez, calamity, should have been a penalty all day long. I agree with you. Kane, uh, I might as well talk about these incidents from a Spurs perspective. He should have been gone. Uh, Robertson should have been gone. Um, I don't think the goal should have stood because with the, with the Liverpool goal, um, I just think I liked the rule last season. As frustrating as it is that you've handballed it and people go, yeah, but it didn't cause the goal, you know. But at the end of the day, if you took his arm away, would he have controlled the ball? No, he wouldn't. Therefore, he's used it to his advantage. Make it black and white. I can't stand this subjective grey area of what's intentional, what's not. In all honesty, I, I think the referees had an absolute mare. 
absolute mare. I mean, it's, there's got to be some good that it, they didn't to... spoil such a good game, though. But but yeah, it would make it a lot easier if they just literally just said handball is handball. If it touches your hand, that's it. In a weird way, I'm kind of glad. Of course, I would have loved Spurs to win, but in a weird way, I'm kind of glad it's ended in a draw because now both teams can look at the decisions that went against them and go, it Evens. kind of, in a weird way, evened itself out. Yeah. True. Very true. Um, and now I feel like both sets of fans, as we alluded to earlier when we spoke about it from Liverpool, can look back and go, what a game that was, and watch it back. They would both happily watch it back and go, fair enough. Whereas I think if one of us had lost that game, I don't think we would have heard. I think right. we, the other the other team would have been asking for it on their Christmas list for the yeah. other team to stop talking about it. Yeah, they'd have been they'd have been yeah, mate, they'd have been riots after that game if that was the case. But I think you know there's, there's a there's a major difference between shaking hands after the take uh, after the game and shaking your head. Uh, sorry, nodding your head, thinking fair play, you know. But if if either team would have won that, they'd have been oh, they'd have been riots, mate. It would have kicked off. It would have kicked off. Um, I was ready to kick off <laughs> until Alisson decided he wanted to play Dancing on Ice yeah. um, and gave us that goal. But yeah, from a Spurs point of view, I'm, I've got to be honest, yeah, I, it was nice to see a Spurs side that looked like Spurs of old Poch era because we were at times, even Klopp praised it, he said, the passing over the top to Kane and Song was scary. He said we couldn't handle it. Um, and yeah, to see those chances missed, I mean, the Son round the keeper, Kane with his chance, um, Deli Ali's chance. I mean, he, I don't know why I don't know why he went for that corner personally. I think he should have gone the other way. And even the one where Kane, yeah, when it bounced off his head, I mean, it would have been harder to miss. It came at him so quick. But it made for an entertaining game. I'm not going to argue it. I'd have taken a point before the game, to be honest. So I think that says a lot. And um, yeah, maybe it's a sign of things to come for Spurs. I don't know. Definitely a point I didn't think we'd get. And like that, we're done for the games. Happy days. Just a quick shout, obviously, just so we've acknowledged it. Five teams didn't play across the two games. So Leicester didn't play. Man United didn't play. Brentford didn't play. Watford didn't play. And Burnley didn't play. So just giving a heads up there. Obviously, we'll have to see what happens with them. Uh, it's amazing that all, out of all them games, still five teams didn't play, though, right? It makes, um, that just shows but, you how inconsistent the regulations are for it. Oh, it's so inconsistent, so inconsistent. Um, that's another topic altogether, oh, the timing God, of the yeah. cancellations and stuff. We'll have to come to Two that at some point. Two kick-off, the fans would have yeah, travelled by def- it. Oh, joke. Need two hours to discuss it. Exactly. Um, right. Big one then. Again, we don't know what games, if any, are going to be called off. They've said they're going to try and not call off as as many. If you've got 13 players, the game should go ahead, apparently. So we'll see. Uh, New predictions. So I've already got everyone's predictions for the games that we know. It's just yourself. So what I'll do is I'll read ours out and then you can take a pick. Yep. Um, Obviously, this is the week of... Boxing Day, I believe, that we're looking at because we catch the other one just before our show if we do it on a Monday. So, the 26th and the 27th of December you're looking at. The first game that's been picked, funny enough, is Tottenham Palace. 
that was Jason's pick. Of course. Um, if I told you that so far all three scores are three-one, and that includes both way round. Wow. So Jason's gone Palace three-one because he's a lunatic. Yep. Um, and I've gone three-one Spurs, and Cookie has actually gone three-one Spurs. I was thinking two-one Spurs. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Smoking his dust again. Um, do, um, so you're saying two-one Spurs? Two-one to Spurs for that, please. Okay. Uh, the next game was my choice. I've gone for the eight o'clock kickoff on Boxing Day on TV, Brighton Brentford, because you just yeah, had to. It's such a, a big game. Horrible game. I've kind of contradicted myself by saying that Brighton are the worst scoring team after Wolves because I've said for some reason it's going to finish three-two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, whether that's going to work out or not. Um, because as I said, I might have contradicted myself a little bit. Uh, Jason seems to think Brentford are going to win 2-1 and Cookie has gone on the fence at 2 all. I'm going to go 1-0 Brighton. <laughs> yeah, that seems more like it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know how because I'm pretty sure you've got like four or five teams shooting Hayward on to go down at this moment in time. <laughs> Uh, the last game before you get your hands on the list is Burnley Everton. Oh Christ! So that was Cookie's choice, uh, and again, I didn't even realise this. Everyone's gone for two-one, but just different way rounds. Um, Jason's gone two-one Everton. Me and Cookie went two-one Burnley. I'm going to sit on the fence and go one-one. Right, mate, you have a choice of all the others, whatever you want to go for. I'm going to go for the early game, go for Liverpool-Leeds. Are you just trying to get some three-pointers on the board or something? Because oh, no. that's the I'm, easy... <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go 4-0 Liverpool. Let's push the boat out a little while. I say push the boat out. I'm not going 7-0, put it that way. Okay. Plus, I've got some catching up to do when it comes to results. Well, how are you going to catch up when you do the Liverpool-Leeds game? Surely everyone's going to get out right, no? Yeah, but for not everyone's going to go 4-0. <laughs> no, but right on cue, Cookie goes 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I nearly actually went for that myself, 5-0. I, I thought about it. Um, Jason's gone 4-0. OK. So I'll maybe myself, you have... Uh, maybe I'll give Jason a done. I'll give um, oh, do I give Liverpool a lead to goal? No, surely not. 18 to 1 leads to win that game. 8 yeah, to 1 the draw. I'm going to say 5 1 Liverpool. Good shot. Throw that out there. Seeing as I thought there might be five goals. Yeah, 5 1 Liverpool. Cool. That's prediction. So only one set uh, this week. Uh, next week is two. Um, so we'll be ready for that. Right, you need to do your who's up or down then. Go for it. Three so positions three you can move. You can do three individuals or all at one team. At the minute, I've got Chelsea at the top because I did it from the week I started. So I'm going to put yep. them down, um, which would put Man City up. So That's one. I'm going to put Everton up. Ooh. And I'm going to put... 
So I've got Brighton at eight. I'm obviously going to put them down. Who do Everton and Brighton swap with in their own aspect? So Brighton go down, Wolves go up one. Okay. Everton will be swapping with Brentford. Oh, okay, so yeah, Brentford are gradually moving down for you then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm really interested to know, I've got to be honest, I'm so intrigued to know who you think's going down because Norwich, Newcastle, I would have thought you would have said were nailed on. The way you speak about Leeds makes me think you feel like they're very vulnerable, but then Brentford, you're nailed on. So you almost talk like Brentford, Newcastle and Norwich, unless you think one of them's pulling a miracle out their ass. I don't know. I think, um, I think I might be wrong on Brentford, however, I'm not going to admit that for another few weeks. <laughs> so you're, you're going to say Brentford might go 17th <laughs> I, I think Brentford 17th equal on points with Leeds but because of Leeds poor goals goal uh, goal difference they'll go down cool that's interesting right mine my, I've only got to move one I'll drop Leeds down I've got them in 13th at the moment they'll drop down to 14th now does mean Southampton go up one but then again but you know obviously it's not all I can do about that yeah, I might just have to keep nudging them down until it gets gets there. Um, cool. Well, mate, pleasure as always. Enjoy your trip to Cyprus for Christmas. Thank you very much. Um, does that mean you're here on the Monday or not? No, I'm still away on the Monday. No, you won't be. Cool. All right, well, enjoy your time, mate. Hope it's nice Thank and warm much. for you. Hopefully there's Fingers no complications. And um, <laughs> nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet, I bet, but enjoy it regardless. But we'll, yeah, we'll see you on episode 32, Cos. All right, awesome. Cheers, mate. And for all Thank the listeners, we'll speak to you next week. See you later. Yeah, okay.